Hey everyone, welcome to the Oasis Church podcast. We are so honored that you would take a few minutes and you would join us, even if it's through an app on your phone right now. We're just honored that you would spend the time with us. And I want to encourage you, if you want to spend time with us in person, we would love to invite you to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at 197 Imperial Boulevard in Hendersonville, Tennessee. We would love to meet you. We'd love to pray for you. We'd love to serve you. So make plans to join us. But right now, I hope that you enjoy this message and we hope that it encourages you and it blesses you today. Uh, We've been on a series on mental health the last, this is week six right here. And uh, my ADD brain, that's an accomplishment uh, because we typically are like, let's do like a four week series. You know, this is this has been seven. Uh, this is going to be seven weeks when it's all said and done. Next week's the last week. Next week, we're going to talk about burnout. Whew, how many of y'all feel a little stressed, a little burned out? Come on, yeah. Well, don't miss next week. And if you're serving, listen to the message. Listen, if you're ever serving, listen to the message. You, you need a word, from, not a word from Clint. You need a word from God And uh, throughout your week. You don't want to miss it. But uh, this week, we're going to talk about trauma. We're going to talk about trauma. And uh, we dealt with this slightly a little while ago, uh, but we're going to talk about it today. And it's one of the most difficult things to talk about. Um, It's also one of the, it's the most difficult thing we're going to talk about in this series. Um, And I don't know if you know this, but statistically speaking, the majority of the people sitting in this room, the majority of people that will listen to this or watch this or whatever, you have dealt with trauma in a big way. You've dealt with trauma statistically. Uh, you, you may have endured some uh, severe abuse or some major trials in your life or some pain or some major heartbreak. And it's our prayer that you would experience the presence of God today. I, re- I really hope that. I really wish that and pray for that today. But uh, first, we, we have to kind of talk about what trauma is, all right? So um, a lot of us mistakenly think that trauma is an event that has happened to you, right? Like, we, we think that it is um, something, that the actual event. But technically speaking, trauma is your response to an event. So here's, here's a good definition. Trauma is a response to a deeply disturbing or distressing event. Some of you think of it as something physical, right? Like uh, a physical injury or something like that. But the truth is that while trauma can be physical, um, it's often uh, can be emotional and it can be mental. Um, You can experience spiritual trauma and abuse. And, And what we have to remember when we talk about stuff like this is that the wounds that you can't see are often, they, they hurt as much as the wounds that you can see. The, the wounds that you can't see, they, they hurt just as much as the wounds you can't see. And I know that many of you are hurting, and you've been hurting because of the trauma that you faced, and it may have been something you faced a long time ago. It may have been something that you faced when you were a child, or it may have been something ongoing in your life. And uh, I recognize that Christians can be super annoying when it comes to talking about this. Uh, 
And I want to just realize, recognize that today and recognize that church could be like the last place you want to go to because of what Christians might say when you've experienced very real trauma in your life. Um, and I, I want you to understand that you're not alone in that. I hope you're not annoyed with me today. All right, I, I just want you to get uh, with it with me a little bit today. And um, and some some Christians will use this verse that I'm about to share with you as like a band aid to put over your trauma. And uh, here's the verse. You ready? It's Romans eight twenty eight. And we know that all things and all things God works for the good of those who love Him, and have been called according to his purpose. And that's a powerful truth. I want you to understand that's a powerful truth. That's always true. But I recognize that that doesn't always seem helpful when you're going through trauma. Uh, you know, I, I've, I'm, with being a pastor, you know, I've, I've had the opportunity to walk with families through some tragic things, some trauma. And, you know, one of the things they teach you to do is to just not say, well, this is just God's plan. I mean, it's, I've been around people whose kids have died. That's the last thing you want to hear is, this is just God's plan, right? Like when you feel, when you're feeling shock and denial or moody or you're overwhelmed with anxiety or you're completely numb um, and you feel guilt because of the trauma, but even though you don't, you shouldn't feel guilt because the trauma oftentimes is not your fault or you feel shame, I want us to walk into today prayerfully, Okay. So we're going to talk about some heavy things, and I want us to walk into this prayerfully today. The title of today's message is Three Ways to Seek Healing from Trauma. Three Ways to Seek Healing from Trauma. God, we come to you today, and we just ask for your help. God, open our hearts. God, I pray for those calloused hearts that have just been calloused by trauma and just years of hurt and pain, and, and they just feel numb. God, would you begin to break that open today? Would you begin to soften today? God, your word tells us that by your stripes, we are healed. God, we believe that healing is coming today, and we praise you for that. We thank you for that. We thank you for being a God that doesn't want to leave us where we are, but you want to take us to where you know we can be. So, God, we, we just uh, give today to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, some of you uh, grew up in a generation where when you got hurt, your dad or your mom was like, suck it up, get tough, rub some dirt on it. Come on, did anyone ever hear that growing up? Like, rub some dirt on it, you're fine, you know? And I find myself doing that a lot to our kids. And we actually had a big conversation with our children. Uh, I don't remember. It was probably when we were in South Carolina about mental toughness. Like uh, we've just decided our family, we're going to crank up the mental toughness a little bit. And look, we have our most mental tough little one right here in service. Say, hey, Lucy. Say hi. There we go. I'm telling you, ain't nobody tougher than Lucy Lambert right here. But but um, but mental toughness. Like you grew up in this this era where your dad was like, "Get up, boy. You know you'll be fine, and and you, you know you're okay, and all that kind of stuff. And and just get over it. You know you you hear this stuff all the time when you grew up, and some of that's not bad. All right, and and there are some times in America today where you know I call it the wussification of America, where we're pretty soft sometimes. You know, and sometimes it's like, come on, suck it up get tough. Let's, you're okay. Um, but then when it comes to trauma, that is awful advice. So I want to help. I want to just, it is terrible advice when it comes to trauma because you, you don't just get over trauma. 
You don't just, you have to heal from it. You don't just get over, you know, your finger getting cut off. You have to, like, it has to heal. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you don't just get over trauma. You have to heal from trauma. And so what I want to do today is uh, I want to have this goal. Okay, here's my goal. I want to build a foundation of understanding what trauma is. That's what I want to do first. And then I want to go into, and I want to show you uh, in scripture how we can pursue healing after we've experienced trauma. Y'all with me? If you're ready, say I'm ready. Come on. If, if you're ready, say I'm ready. Get tough. Suck it up. Let's go. All right, here we go. All right, so we're going to look at the three types of trauma. All right, so the first one is this. There's acute trauma. Acute trauma. And this is a response to a one-time traumatic event. All right, so acute trauma. That's like a horrible car accident, a natural disaster, a complicated, scary birth that you may have had with one of your children. Um, this is something like a date rape or you've been attacked, just a one-off, one-time thing, acute trauma. The second one is chronic trauma. This is a long-term response from prolonged or repeated events. All right, so this is, uh, you may have been bullied a lot when you were growing up or maybe you experienced some sort of racism or maybe pornography for you is that thing. You were exposed to it at a young age, and then you were struggled with it for a lot of your life uh, because of it. Or maybe um, it's you had alcoholic parents, and so you were, uh, uh, you were exposed to certain things because of your alcoholic parents over a prolonged period of time. Or maybe you were sexually abused by someone in your family or a close friend, um, and that happened over and over and over again in your childhood. That would be chronic trauma. Then the third one is this, is complex trauma. Uh, this is a response to multiple and ongoing events, okay? Maybe you were raised in a home that has a combination of these things uh, that we've talked about. There was chemical abuse or emotional abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, and it was a situation where there was a lot going on from a lot of different areas all at the same time for a long period of time. Some of you, you grew up in a home that was not just dysfunctional, but like completely off the rails and not normal. And you didn't even realize how not normal it was until you became an adult. And you look back and you're like, what in the world did I grow up in? You know, you probably experienced some sort of complex trauma. But no matter uh, what you went through or on what level, the fact is that trauma, it changes you. Trauma changes you. It, it changes how you see people, right? It changes how you see God. It changes your outlook on life. Uh, I'll give you an example, and this isn't nearly as serious as what some of you dealt with, but um, this is what happened to me when I was in third grade. Our family lived in East Nashville, and we were living with my grandmother at the time who was very ill. She was in very poor health and couldn't take care of herself. So our family moved into her home, and we were there, and I was actually taking piano lessons from a lady that lived how far away? two miles from our house, not far. Um, and I remember it was in April and uh, I went over this, her son went to the same school I went to. So she took me home from school that day. I go to her house. We had just had a recital, a piano recital, and we're actually going to watch the VHS. Come on, somebody, a little VHS tape of the, of the recital. And we throw in the VHS tape. We hit play. As soon as that tape turns on, the power goes out. And I was like, huh, and I look outside and I look out her window and I see a funnel cloud and a tornado coming down, like right next to the house. And uh, I remained very cool, calm and collected. 
not really. I lost my mind and uh, started screaming. We, there's a baby gate on her basement and we hop over that baby gate. You know, we're going down the stairs, trying not to fall. We get under the stairs. We're under this workbench and I am like, nobody say a word to me. I'm praying right now. I'm calling down fire from heaven. Lord, I'm in third grade. Just Lord protect us. And it sounds like a freight train is going through the, the upstairs of their home. And I get up after it passes. I get up and it looked like her house had been dropped in the jungle. I mean, it was trees. Every tree was down. The windows were busted. Branches coming in the house. Roof. You could see daylight in, uh, out of her roof. And it was insane. And I remember um, I was there without my parents. I'm at this lady's house. Super great lady. I don't even remember her name, but she, I remember really liking her. She was fine. And uh, I was stuck there for a couple hours because my dad couldn't. My dad grew up in this neighborhood could not find his way to this house. We've been there a hundred times because of just how devastating the, the, the devastation of the tornado. And so I remember finally my dad coming through the door and just screaming my name. It was like a movie. We hugged. I'm crying. He's crying. We walked back to the house we were living in, my grandmother's house, and it was in pretty bad shape. And uh, from then on, man, I was terrified of storms. I was terrified of clouds. I mean, a cloud would come and I, and I would, a storm would come and I would just shake uncontrollably like as a, as a kid and just, I'd be so afraid and I'd be so concerned, you know, and um, my parents thankfully took me to therapy and taught me how to work through some of this stuff. And, and, but I was afraid. And now I'm not afraid of storms. I'm actually like, I enjoy storms, but when there's a storm coming through in the middle of the night or late at night, what do I do? I am on high alert. I'm like, I am, I got every weather app imaginable blaring on my phone. I'm watching the news. I'm staying up late. I'm deciding, do we need to go down to the basement right now? And I'm on high alert. Why? Because trauma changes you, right? Like I would, I, I probably wouldn't be like that if I had not had that experience. Some of you, you had some pretty ex, uh, crazy experiences happen to you. Some pretty traumatic events happen to you and it's changed you. It's hard for you to trust people sometimes. It, it, you might even find it difficult to trust God because how could God allow something like that uh, to, to, to happen to you? Some of you, you grew up without money. And now you have this scarcity mentality where like you, you have a lot of fear when it comes to the security of your finances. Um, and for and it might be some of you, um, some, uh, someone did something to you when you were a kid and now you're traumatized at the thought that the same thing is going to happen to one of your kids because of what happened to you when you were a kid. And so you turn into this helicopter parent and you're just always nervous around and you just can't trust anybody. And all of a sudden we, we realize, man, this trauma has really changed us. So how do we heal from trauma. Trauma changes us. It does not change us for the better on its own. So how do we heal from this trauma? Well, today we're going to look at a guy in God's word at a person that you probably never expected to struggle with trauma, but this person really, really struggled with trauma. And it's the apostle Paul. Y'all say Paul. Paul. Now, Paul, Paul, come on, y'all say Paul. There we go. Paul, Paul is the guy in the Bible that wrote two thirds of the New Testament. This dude is like 
the man. Like you look at Paul, he's probably the most influential Christian that's ever lived. He's in the heavenly hall of fame. You know what I'm saying? Like first ballot right there. I mean, he's in the hall of fame. It's crazy, but he experienced acute, chronic, and complex trauma. And I want to show you this because I want to show you how God brought healing and how God brought him to a stronger place because of what he's been through. Okay. So if you don't know much about Paul, I want to kind of paint the picture for you. Paul, um, he started off his career. He was a religious leader and his career entailed killing, finding Christians and killing them or taking them to prison, but finding Christians and killing them because Christians disrupted this whole religious system that had been around for thousands of years. Christ came, he fulfilled it all, and it changed everything. Well, people like Paul did not like it. And so Paul's career was to hunt down Christians. He was finding them and he was killing them. But then Paul has a very traumatic conversion. All right. So I don't know uh, your conversion story, most likely, but most of your conversion stories are like a Hallmark commercial compared to what Paul went through. Right. Like for some of you, when you became a Christian, um, you felt bad for your sins. You're at a church service or something and you just feel bad. And you went to church and man, the pastor just brought a word. I mean, a a lot like what's happening right now. Uh, Your pastor just brings a word. Man, you prayed a prayer cried a little bit, right? Someone hugged you. Soft music is playing in the background. It started to snow, you know, magically. You see this woman and she's like, I'm going to marry her one day. And you meet your wife. Like you have this amazing conversion experience. It's like a Hallmark movie. Paul's conversion experience was not like this at all. Uh, You see, Paul's was very different. He was killing Christians, and he's actually going to a city called Damascus, a big city, um, where he is going to find more Christians, and he's going to take them back. He's going to either imprison them or he's going to kill them. And all of a sudden, the Bible tells us that a light from heaven knocks him to the ground. Now, on my very basic fourth grade level science knowledge, the only thing that I can think of that is light that can knock you on the ground is lightning, right? Like he, this could have been like a strike of lightning of some sort or something happened where it happened. He got knocked on his butt off of his horse onto the ground. And all of a sudden this voice from heaven starts talking to him and it starts saying, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Right? He's asking this. And then Paul, who was called Saul at the time, Paul was blinded for three days. And God doesn't tell him, hey, buddy, don't worry. I'm going to have to blind you for a few days, but just give me some time. And then, well, you know, this. no, no, he was blind, didn't know when he would be unblind, when he could see if he would ever be able to see again, right? Like it, this is, and then God sends a man to come to him and help him. And he's all of a sudden he can see again. And all of a sudden this Christian killer becomes a killer preacher for the gospel. Come on, somebody. I love it. And he, he changes the rest of the world for all time. His, his conversion was very traumatic. And so the good news is, is that after all that, God rewarded him with a six-figure salary. Come on, right? Like he, he had great benefits, right? Like he, hot women were just lining up, right? And he had a great 401k. No, that's not what happened. For the rest of Paul's life, he would go through horrific abuse and trauma the rest of his life after his conversion. 
In fact, I want to show you here a list of everywhere that Paul went. I want you to put this up here uh, where he had to escape. These are all cities that Paul had to escape because people were trying to kill him, stone him, beat him, take him out, crucify him. He had to leave all of these places and he endured severe trauma in all these places. But he healed from it. He healed from it. He, he endured trauma, but he healed from it. So I want to show you what the Bible says that you can do, that we can do to heal from trauma. All right? Here's the first thing. We process the pain of our trauma. That's the first thing we're going to do. We're going to process the pain of our trauma. In order to process it, you have to acknowledge it. Now, I just want to take a second and, and just talk to some of you for a minute. You're here, and you've experienced some trauma in your life, and you have pushed it off, and you've tried to shove it down, and you've tried to sweep it under the rug. You've tried to um, ignore it. You tried to brush it off, and you've never dealt with it. But I want to tell you, you, you can't heal a womb if you ignore that it's there. You have to acknowledge it before you can start processing it. Some of you just need to acknowledge today and just say, I've been abused. Like that's just the reality of what ha I've been abused. But I'll also say that not everything is abuse. Okay, there's there's extremes, there's there's abuse. But just because somebody disagrees with you or corrects you or holds you accountable doesn't mean that you're being abused. I want to make that really clear. Um, but there has been some real abuse happened to some of you in here. And you might just need to acknowledge that today and just be brave enough to go. I was abused. I experienced this. And you can begin processing it. And when we live in a place where we don't process our trauma, oh my word, we begin to do some things. Listen, when we don't process trauma, we prioritize protection instead of seeking connection. You start to prioritize protection instead of seeking connection. Instead of taking our pain to trusted people, not everybody, but trusted people, we take trusted people and we push them away. That's what happens when you don't process it. Uh, but here's the problem. We don't heal in isolation. We heal best in community. Okay, so you're, you're not going to heal in isolation. You're going to heal in community. Listen, that's why if you're not in a group, get in a group. I, I'm serious. Because you're never going to heal when you are isolated and on your own and trying to deal with this by yourself. You have to be in community with people that love you, that are in your corner, that want the best for you. Like, that's why we do groups. I don't do groups to take up another night of your week. 
We do groups because you need to heal. You need to be a better person. And the way that God designed you to do that is to be in community with some other people. That's the whole reason we do groups. So if you ignore the pain, the wound is still there and you go somewhere else to cope. So if you're not processing the pain of your trauma, you're going to ignore it, try to push it away. But you still need to cope and you still need to deal with what's happened to you. And that's why some of us, we've turned to drugs or alcohol or sex or food or you become, guys, a workaholic. You've experienced something and you know what? Like you're going, I'll just work. I don't have to go home and deal with this. I can just work and work and work and work and work and I'll work some more. And you know what? I'll travel and I'll be away from my family and I'll do this and that. I'll leave my wife at home. And all of a sudden you've turned into a workaholic. Why? Because you might have some stuff in you that you've not dealt with and, and being home triggers that for you and you don't want to deal with it. So you're going to work and work and work. Paul actually processed his trauma. He has this really, I don't even know if I have it on there. I don't think I did. But there, he has this long passage where he talks about all the stuff that happened to him. And this is him processing his trauma. He's writing this to a group of people in Corinth. And he's writing. And he, went, he says, hey, I went to prison too many times than I could count. This is Paul processing this. He says, five times I received the 39 lashes. You know the, the, the beating that Jesus got with the whip before he died on the cross? Paul got that five times, more than Jesus. And the reason why they didn't do 40 is because they thought at 40, they would be legally liable for the death of the person if they did it 40 times. So to protect themselves legally, they were like, well, we'll just do it 39 times because if it's 40, it's our fault. So they would, they would beat him 40, 30, five times, 39 times. Three times he was beaten with rods. Can you imagine you ever been hit by your child with a stick or something when they're young? It hurts. Okay, that's nothing compared to being beat with a rod by a Roman soldier or something like. He got beat three times. He was stoned. And I'm not talking about like the, the recreational stone. Like he was taking big rocks and they would throw and hurl them and crush him with these stones. He was stoned. He was shipwrecked. After he was shipwrecked, he washed up ashore on this island and then got bitten by a poisonous snake. That's like the worst day ever, right? Like this happened to him. Um, he almost starved to death. He almost froze. He was constantly in danger. This is Paul's life as a Christian. Uh, sometimes I feel like we, we've painted this picture of being a Christian where your life is just perfect. Your life is way better with Jesus, but it is far from perfect. But this all happened, and here's what Paul says in 2 Corinthians. He says, we were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. He was so sick of all of this stuff happening to him. He was despaired of life itself. Like, God, kill me now. Like, this, this is awful. He experienced it. So what did he do? He wrote about it. He talked about it. He processed it. And I want to encourage you to find a safe place, guys, to do the same thing. Acknowledge, man, maybe I've been abused. Maybe there's been some stuff happened to me that, I, uh, that should not have happened. And it's really affected me. And you need to find some people, your group, a counselor, a godly friend. Somebody needs to know. Somebody. And here's the, what I'm, if you don't trust the person, find someone you can trust. And you need to tell them. You need to begin to process this pain because you can't just hold all of this in without addressing it. We have to process it if we're going to find healing. So we're going to process the pain of our trauma. The second thing is we're going to prayerfully press into God with our trauma. 
We're going to prayerfully press into God with our trauma. We're going to take it to God. We're going to cry out to God. We're going to talk to God. We're going to even complain to God. We're going to press into God. We're not going to try to do this on our own. We're going to press in to God with this. You know, in 2 Corinthians 12, Paul had something that he called a thorn in his side. Have you ever heard of that statement before? He had a thorn in his side. Um, he had something that was going on. We don't know what it was, okay? And we, we'll never know what it was. But whatever it was, it was traumatizing to him. And it seems like everyone has a thorn, right? Like everyone's got something. We all have something that we wish we didn't have. And scripture says that Paul did this. He says, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. And most scholars would agree that this wasn't just like he prayed about it three times. No, no, no. Paul took three seasons of prayer, three prolonged periods of time and of prayer where he, of fasting. You know, we do 21 days of prayer and fasting. It was three years of this for Paul to go, God, whatever this is, this thorn, I need you to take it away from me, please. I need you to take this away from me, please, God. And he took it to God three times, but notice he didn't blame God. He took his thorn to God and he prayed and he pleaded and he begged God to take it away. And in the very same way, you can take your hurt to God. That pain that you've experienced when it was from somebody that was supposed to love you or it should not have happened to you, you're going to experience some pain. It's okay to take that pain to God. You can be completely honest with God. Take away the stigma of like, well, I can't say that to the Lord. Yes, you can. Say it to God. Take it to God. Plead with God. Be completely honest with God. And, and bring him your, you can bring God your thanks. You can also bring him your thorns. All right? You, you can take him these things. He says, Paul says, three times I pleaded with the Lord. I begged God I, three times. Listen, the thing that you hate the most is where you best discover God's power and presence. We don't like to hear that sometimes, but that thing in your life that you hate the most is sometimes the best way to discover God's presence and God's purpose and God's power in your life. Then Paul goes on and he says something that sounds crazy. It does. It sounds crazy. If you really think you've heard this, what I'm about to read, you've heard it before. It sounds crazy. But he says this, that is why. Oh, I'm sorry. He says, he's, uh, three times he pleaded with the Lord. Then he said, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient. God said to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in your weakness. And so he says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness. Then he says something crazy. He says this, that is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. He had an understanding that it was through this pain, it was through these traumatic experiences. It, think about the guilt that Paul had to carry around because he killed the very people that he would give his life for later. 
And he's saying, I delight in this weakness because I know that in this weakness, the only option is for God's power to shine through. The only option is for God to show up. And if I'm strong, it's not because of Clint. It's not because of Paul. It's not because of you. It's because God is strong. And so I'm going to be, thank God I'm dealing with this because now I have an opportunity to experience God in a completely new way. God, would you just use me today in this, in this pain? And I want to say something that I think someone needs to hear today. And I want, to, I want this to just sink down in your soul. If you're in here and you've dealt with trauma and pain. and Listen, nothing can change your past. But God can heal your broken heart. I can't change your past. You can't change your past. But God can heal what's happened. God can heal your broken heart. It tells us in Psalm 30, 34 that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. And he saves those who are crushed in spirit. Come on, we process our pain of our trauma with some trusted people. We're going to prayerfully press into God with our trauma. The last thing is this, is we pursue purpose in our trauma. We're going to pursue purpose in our trauma. Listen, some of you aren't even ready for this step yet. You need to do the other two things first, okay? And so I want you, if that's you, I want you to do those two things, and I want you to listen to this, put it in the toolbox, and when it's time, use it, all right? But th this is Paul saying this. And remember all the terrible stuff that happened to him. Here's what he says. He says, Praise be to the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. Could it be that God wants to use the trauma and the pain in your life to impact and make a difference in someone else's life and someone's life around you right now? God may have not have caused your trauma, but he can redeem it. And that pain that you've experienced can turn into the platform at which you get to serve God and serve others. But you got to let God heal it first. You got to let God heal it first. You know, I want to, and the band can come up. I am uh, nothing special. You know, I know I get to stand up on a stage and talk to people and some people think that makes you really spiritual and special and uh, I am not I'm just like you I struggle I have my, my things and I've had things happen in my life I've had some trauma to work through I've had to heal from some things and it's not been an easy journey for me and it's not going to be an easy journey for you but I came to tell someone today that you not only can be healed from your trauma but you can actually be stronger on the other side of it. And I want someone to hear that today, that not only are you going to heal, but God's going to make you stronger because of it. Well, how do I know that? Because the Bible says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Now listen, I want y'all to look at me. I know there's motion, just, just look at me. 
I want to say something to you, and I want to push you a little bit, okay? And this is because I love you, and I want the best for you, and this is like the coach moment, all right? And I'm going to push you. This might make you uncomfortable. might make you a little upset, but I, I, I want to say this because I believe it's true, and I really believe it's going to help you, and this is the most loving thing I can say, okay? Listen, your trauma may have not been your fault, but pursuing God for healing is your responsibility. It may not have been your fault what happened to you, but pursuing God for healing is your responsibility. That's not my responsibility. That's not your spouse's responsibility. It's not your parents' responsibility. It's your responsibility. You gotta do it. No more playing the victim card with this. Put it away. No more playing the victim. You've been hurt, but you can heal because you have a good God. Amen? And sometimes all we need to do is just trust God. Say, God, I don't even know how I'm going to do this. But I trust you. I trust that you're going to come through and you're going to heal me. Some of you need to say that today. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. If you just be honest and you would say, Clint, I am, I'm struggling. I've had some pain and trauma in my life and I, I, I'm struggling. I need some healing. I need to start this process of healing. Just raise your hand. Come on. Raise your hand. I know, I know you're in here. Come on, raise your hand. There we go. God, would you begin right now? I don't even know what that looks like for each individual, but you do. Help them trust you. Your word tells us uh, that David said this. He said, I sought the Lord and he heard my cry and he answered me. So help us seek you. Help us cry out to you, understanding and knowing that you're going to hear us and you're going to act, you're going to do something. Help us with that today. And uh, there might be some people in here that have never even started a relationship with Jesus. And my heart is heavy for you. Not because you're not a good person. I, you know, you might be a, a good old boy. You might be an awesome person. And, you know, you're not mean and you're not hurting people all the time. But the Bible tells us that you need Jesus. And if you've never asked Jesus into your life, I want to invite you to do that. You can do that by just saying, God, I need you. God, would you just come into my life? I invite you to be the Lord of my life. And in the best way I know how, I'll live for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, I want to invite you just in this attitude of worship today, I want to invite you to stand. And we're going to sing just a response. And for some of us, what we need to do in this moment is we need to respond. Maybe for some of you, you just need to like worship a little bit. Invite God into your personal space today. But just make this song a prayer. Just tell God that you trust him with everything in your life, including this trauma, including this pain that you've experienced. We're going to just trust in God and understand that he is going to come through for us because that is what God does. Let's sing this together.